Financial podcast where we're going to discuss technical analysis. And uh, for the next podcast, it's going to be the five uh, stories of the week. Brandon Lupian is on, so if he has any questions, he can ask me. Because what we're going to do is uh, for the next 20 minutes, we're going to cover uh, the Tuesday podcast. Greg Wolf is on assignment. But we're going to handle it to keep the momentum going from last week. Now, uh, the way we pick, first, we always talk about the purpose and an outcome, right? Every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. And the purpose of the podcast is to make me money, right? That's the number one objective of it. And when, now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, now that we're in the middle of a uh, recession, right? Now that we're in the middle of race riots, uh, you can't just simply watch a game. You're going to have to make money watching that game. Now, something Greg, him and I connected on, the fact that the same methodology, right? The same system that you use to bet on football games, sporting events, is the same system you use for analyzing stock and analyzing investments, which I do uh, for a living, right? All kinds of investments, right? Uh, venture capital, uh, equities, you know, I have securities licenses, I had a restaurant in Pinellas Park, Florida for $8,000 that we sold for $500,000 a few years later. I have an MBA and I have a master's of business science. And really you get into it that one of the main tenets of the podcast is capitalism, right? Uh, in capitalism, it's the opposite of socialism. And socialism says that capitalists can't collaborate. They're always fighting with each other and they're competing against each other. Since they can't collaborate, the system falls upon itself and boom and bust cycles, right? Well, this podcast, we prove it the absolute opposite of that, right? What we prove is that you can work together. We have several cast members that come on and we pick football games better than what professionals do. And we collaborate, right? And the same thing goes for using innovation, right? Because what makes uh, innovation 
happen is collaboration, right? So just because the last 12 years, I've been able to uh, pay for my life picking football games, does not mean that I'll be able to do that uh, this time, right? So real intelligence is situational intelligence, okay? So every year is different. Uh, I've been able to research and have a system that you can read online. We have the system on our website, the top 10 rules of betting, www.ecosystemsbusinessconcierge, the top 10 rules of betting, right? And that methodology is similar to the one you pick stocks, all right? So you use the same system and you use decision science. Now decision science is used by Stanford, I was taught at Stanford to the in, in Stanford Business School. It's not only taught at Stanford, it also is used by the major Fortune 500 companies, right? And really it leads into number two rule of betting, which is number two, always do your research. You wanna get as much information as possible before you make the decision, but sometimes in life and business, you have to make decisions without having all of the information, right? And another caveat of this podcast, since this is a solo podcast and I'm a British lit major, uh, and I love Aldous Huxley, and I love Jack Kerouac, this is gonna be a stream of consciousness podcast where I give you all that information. You listen to it two, three, four times, and what? You make money because we believe in abundance. We believe in sharing information. We're not like the people that who hoard toilet paper. We gladly give the toilet paper away. We know there's toilet paper for everyone, right? So I digress. So you use decision science right out of the book, right out of Stanford Business School to make decisions betting on games, right? So you have to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose is to make money. The outcome has been that since 2011, my wife, Anna, has not bought gasoline if it isn't betting money. We've had plenty of money in our retirement, plenty of money in savings, but it makes her feel better to buy an expensive purse, to buy an expensive dress with betting money. And for me, I've avoided a lot of uh, lifetime movies, right? Because I've been able to watch the games and she knows that she's going to benefit from me watching these games, right? So how do you pick games and how do you use business and financial decision-making strategies in order to pick the teams, right? So uh, this guy who used to independently wealthy guy from New Hampshire, Mr. Harrington, told me, know the numbers and you will know everything, right? So the baseline is that in sports betting, to break even, right, it is 52.5%. I'm at 70 to 80% over a 12-year period. That's why I did the podcast, and that's why I have a spirit of abundance. And I knew uh, I have an old Jewish 
mentor, independently wealthy guy, uh, net worth more than 50 uh, million. His great grandkids are rich. And I have the great fortune, the luck, and I'm good enough to know this guy. He gives me advice and he told me in August of last year, hey, the next recession is gonna be the mother of all recessions. So taking that into effect, I'm like, man, I better help these people make money watching games to help the recession that's coming, right? Winter is coming, right? Game of Thrones is on. Winter is coming. So the first step in analyzing and betting on games is using decision science. And uh, betting on games is great for uh, business owners because you're going to have to be right 70 to 80% of the time without having all the information. And that's what sports betting does. We're not on the team, right? We don't know what's inside Bill Belichick's head. But still, there's no excuse for us not to, right, be at 70, 80% and uh, build relationships with our wives, with friends who are texting you, wanting to know who's going to win, right? So with my MBA, with my securities licenses, with my experience running successful businesses, free cash flow, how is it that you, right, parlay that into a decision-making process on top of decision science? So on top of decision science, what you have is uh, what Greg talks about when he has a tool for technical analysis, right? Technical analysis plus fundamental analysis. Now, Greg will tell you that uh, technical analysis is the way to go, right? I'll tell you, right? He'll say that uh, fundamental analysis is an outdated model, right? And Greg's a smart a guy. He has patents. He's always ahead of his time. But in this case, uh, I would tell you different, right? I would say, I wouldn't tell you different. I would say, I would give you more. I would say that on top of technical analysis, you also have to do fundamental analysis. So what are these things, right? For people who want to end income inequality, right? They want to get into the nuts and bolts of finance in order to have not only financial inequality, but also have fun watching games. So I'll let you know what technical analysis is. Technical analysis involves the interpretation of patterns on charts that show changes in prices over time, right? It shows you the behavior of the market. So you learn trading lines, right? And I think it's a great tool if you're betting on cricket or MLS, which we don't advise, never bet blindly, right? But if you want to have a legitimate process to bet these things, looking at uh, data and te technical knowledge, uh, analysis charts uh, will help. Now, what is fundamental analysis? So fundamental analysis is what made uh, my mentor, right, who's really rich, money. Fundamental analysis is price to earnings ratio. Looking at volume, right? And, it, and it's funny because 35 years ago, 
an independently wealthy Jewish mentor. I've had a lot of great independently wealthy uh, Jewish mentors who have not only been generous with their money, they've been generous with their time and with their knowledge, right? So that's why I always say I'm fortunate, lucky, and good, right? To have met these people, but to have an open mind, to keep my ego at the door, to keep learning, right? You always keep learning because life never stops teaching, right? So you stack things, right? And real intelligence is situational intelligence, right? That is what gets things done and gets you successful in life. So there's going to be times where you're going to use technical analysis to bet on a game. There's going to be times where you're going to use fundamental analysis to bet on a game. There's going to be times where you're going to go to www ecosystems business concierge, right? And you're going to use the top 10 rules of betting, right? To make a pick. Or some people send me a direct message on Twitter. <laughs> we give them the pick, right? Because it's all in good fun. And uh, something we're going to add is our free offer is going to be when we're in Vegas, uh, you get one exactly one free beer on us, right? That we bought with uh, the success we've had over a 12-year period betting on these games in our drink tickets. So, again, how do I pick a sporting event and make a lot of money using business and financial processes, right? Number one, decision science. Number two, technical analysis. Number three, fundamental analysis. So next week, keep the momentum going. I'm going to go deeper in how you use those tools to pick games. Uh, one thing I wanted to announce was that on Tuesdays, we're also going to be following uh, politics as far as we don't get involved in politics. But we monetize politics because the betting markets uh, are the best predictor historically. And betting is now legal in 22 states. The only uh, political argument that we make is that we feel that uh, on top of the 22 states that have already legalized sports betting, all states should. Uh, taxes should be capped at 10%, and you should be able to deduct your betting losses from your income taxes because more people going to the casinos, the hotels, watching games. It's good for the economy as we uh, foster capitalism and democracy. Now, as you see what's going on in Hong Kong, freedom is not free. So if we don't fight for capitalism, even though we're not political, this is not a political thing, right? I think both parties can agree that we should fight for democracy and we should fight for uh, capitalism, all right? So right now, Biden's a favorite over Trump. But we're going to look at the senatorial elections, right? We're going to look at uh, Joni Ernst in Iowa. We're going to break that race down. Mitch McConnell is in a tight one. So if you want to make some money, uh, you got to look at uh, Amy uh, McGrath. Okay. So uh, you got the presidential election, and then you have 
uh, betting odds on the senatorial elections, right? So we're going to be looking at, uh, as we pull it up, we'll look at the races, right? We're going to look at uh, Arizona, where Kelly is beating McSally by 11. Now, Arizona has been traditionally a Republican red state, but these transplants from California, they keep voting liberal, and these people get mad. Michigan is going to be interesting with Peters against James. Right now, Peters uh, is up 49-42. But what you got to do to make money is bet these underdogs, like Amy McGrath. Maybe Miss Sally comes back. Uh, we'll be looking at these odds. Uh, North Carolina, right? Uh, because really the Republicans don't want Biden to win and they get the Senate and Congress. It's going to be ugly for them. So they need to, to uh, tighten up the senatorial races. Let's see if there's a poll on Kentucky, because that'll be interesting, because uh, you would think Mitch McConnell has an edge, but McSally is going to be very well funded by uh, George Soros and the like. So Ernst, uh, actually Ernst is down by three points in Iowa. And uh, Grassley, he needs to keep his mouth shut because he's messing her up. Grassley's has been there uh, for years in Iowa. And uh, he's been running his mouth lately, maybe because he's nervous. But the Republicans uh, are down in these races, but not out. If the Republicans run really good tight campaigns, it's going to be close, right? And both sides got ways to ballot harvest to even out uh, the mail-in ballots. So now, the same way you pick sporting events, same way you use decision science, the same way you use technical analysis, right? Uh, is the same way uh, you pick the senatorial races, right? So it's gonna be very important that we stay disciplined. It's gonna be very important that you listen to the podcast on Tuesday to get insight because what we're giving you on Tuesdays you cannot get anywhere else in the country. You cannot get this insight, but it's functional information. It's information you can use to monetize and have money in your pocket in a recession, in a pandemic, and in race rights. Now, the current bet that's out there is who's going to be Biden, Vice President, uh, they're saying that Biden's already picked his vice president. Uh, you got to look at Susan Rice. She has really good odds, and she has a national, uh, international experience. She's an African-American woman. And it seems to me that Obama's really running the campaign. He's really close to uh, Biden. He paid for Biden's house. Uh, they have a really close relationship. Uh, Trump went after Obama personally. Uh, he's gone after Michelle. So Obama has his hands on this. And what Obama did was pick somebody with international experience. And I've seen Susan Wright's uh, kind of a introvert. She's not a person who really likes to be out there, but she has been out there. And she's been making speeches and... Uh, when they asked her about it, she didn't deny it. So I would, I would consider her the favorite. Um, 
for a second there, I thought that Stacey Abrams might sneak in there because Georgia, usually you want to pick somebody that will give you a state you normally wouldn't win. But Obama didn't do that. He was going to win Delaware anyways, but he picked Biden. So that's another reason to think of Rice. But Abrams can make, help him pull an upset in Georgia, which he's going to be an underdog in. And uh, let's look at the polls in Georgia. And I, I look at real clear politics, all right? Real clear politics. So let's look at what the poll in Georgia is. Now, this is normally would be a red state, uh, but Hillary made it close, but she still lost. So let's look at uh, Georgia. Georgia. And uh, the guys are lining up for the podcast, and I'll finish it in a second. So Biden's up by two in Georgia, all right? So Stacey Abrams would bring him home? Maybe, maybe not. That's the decision he has to make. I got Stacey Abrams at plus 2,500. I hedged it with Kamala Harris at minus 140. And now I'm going to look at the odds. I'll do it real quick before the next guys come on. I'm going to look at the odds at Bobada. And uh, you can go to our website, Ecosystems Business concierge and click on the Bobata link open up an account I can go to mybookie.com also use the promo code ESBC if you don't get a bonus come talk to me we'll make sure you do and we'll close with uh, what the odds are for Susan Rice Kamala Harris, again, she's tightened up. I mean, she went into a hole for a little bit uh, after the campaign, which uh, she did not do as good as she would hope. And she wasn't as aggressive, but now she's being aggressive. She's back to her old prosecutor self. And Kamala Harris does not do anything. And I know Kamala Harris I've, I've met her out, uh, but following her here in California, Kamala Harris does not do anything unless it's for a reason and it's very calculated. So the fact that she's changed her tone is a little bit more aggressive tells me they told her, hey, you got a shot, be vice president. And then you got to look at the debate, right? Against Pence, uh, she would go right after him. I mean, Pence has to be hoping that uh, Elizabeth Warren, she has no chance, but he's glad Elizabeth Warren isn't there because the way she took out Bloomberg, she'll come after Pence the same way. But uh, Susan Rice and Pence would be kind of a tie. So right now, uh, Biden is playing like uh, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, just letting Trump make mistakes. But Trump always comes back. And I look for the race to tighten, to tighten. So if you can get a spread, I would pick Trump in the spread and then maybe Biden on the money line if it was today. But there's a long way to go. Uh, The thing about politics is you can lose a race early, but you can't uh, win a race. As we look for uh, the odds, let's see, I'll just go Google. Susan Rice betting odds. 
So when you go on LegalSportsBetting.com, they have Susan Rice at plus 475. So that's a good bet. So I'll officially give out this bet, the first political bet on the podcast. Uh, go three ways, right? You got 30 bucks, put $10 on Kamala Harris, put $10 on Stacey Abrams, and put 10 on, on Susan Rice. And Susan Rice is a good bet. I'm going to put in my Susan Rice bet right now. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the ESBC Betting Financial Podcast every Tuesday. We had a, a little bit of a mishap yesterday, but every Tuesday we'll come on and we'll give you financial advice as it links to sports betting and we'll break down the races in the 2020 election. And we always end with Winston Churchill. You make a life from your labor, but you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you get. Thank you for listening to the EFBC Betting Financial Podcast Network, people. And people listening to the podcast tonight, we got a special, iconic Hollywood mega superstar on the podcast tomorrow. All right, people. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN Betting and Team Report Podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. That's why this one don't cost $800 and that costs $200. That's why.